1: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive, Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Price and Coverage Match Limited by State Law.
2: Good morning. Welcome to the Morning Beat. Thank you so much for joining us on this Monday morning, the Monday after Dinah. Michaela is uh joining us currently from Palm Springs. How Hi, are you, honey? honey?
3: It was a weekend that I will never forget. I cannot wait to recap. I have to say though, babe we've got listeners. Our Palm Springs family showed us so much love. They listened to our stories. I just have to say again, Palm Springs is where it's at. We love you. It was the best weekend. I cannot wait to recap. Am I exhausted? Yes. I spent three days on my feet with lesbians.
2: Well, luck- yeah, well, luckily, though, for you, you were on your feet, but there wasn't a lot to carry because you forgot your clothing for the weekend, which is fantastic uh, for that sort of Thank work. You. So kudos to you. Thank I was you. following you on Instagram <laughs> from Cancun all weekend long. I flew down to Mexico for 39, I 39 hours. I was down there, planned a whole wedding, and then flew back last night. I'm exhausted as well. But... Uh,
3: iconic. How was it? It looked
2: amazing. It's fantastic. I'm going to tell you all about it a little bit later on. I'm sure we'll get to it. But uh, right now, though, as I am here in Los Angeles and you are there in Palm Springs by the power of technology, uh, it's still time for us to do a show. So a show we must. Uh, We're going to kick things off in a few minutes. with. So what did I miss? All the stories you might have missed over the weekend. You know, this oil spill in Southern California is quite devastating.
4: And we've got some updates
2: for you if you haven't been paying attention. Um, Also, Donald Trump is calling into the show. Uh, He actually called into the show on Friday. Um, But it was so good. Had us in stitches laughing so hard uh, that we're going to share it with you again here in just a moment. (laughs) Uh, Then in our next hour, we are going to do what we do. We're going to let you know how the Dinah Shore weekend went for Michaela. I'm going to tell you all about my wedding planning down in Mexico, our big pride wedding next June. Super excited to gay it up south of the border. Uh, But currently it is time for news on the beat. Michaela, what's going on?
3: All right, so to Sheila Nizad, being queer means a world builder. The longtime community organizer and Minneapolis uh, mayor candidate would be the city's first out queer mayor with a focus on reimag- reimagining uh, policing and public safety. Uh, she told LGBTQ Nation that launching Minneapolis into the future requires radical, compassionate imagination. She said queer people have had to imagine uh, and build families, homes, jobs, and the way we do safety outside of traditional social systems for years, what we have now is a system of policing that we've been doing for 150 years and it continues to bring violence to our communities and especially to our trans communities and LGBTQ communities of color. She said, we're going to have to imagine something new and it's going to be a little bit scary. But as a queer person, when I came out in 2010, I had to imagine a lot of new ways of doing things as well. Uh, But Nizad has done a lot more than imagined for three years. She has worked as a policy organizer for Reclaim the Block, an organization that lobbies the city to reallocate the police budget toward more community-oriented programs, a self-described big budget nerd. Her motto is from the streets to the spreadsheets. The Minneapolis is indeed the epicenter of the national conversation about the role police should play in society. It is the city where George Floyd was murdered by police officer Derek Chauvin in 2020, setting off a global wave of Black Lives Matter protests and bringing the conversation about defunding the police to the forefront. In the wake of the protests, the Minneapolis City Council announced plans to eliminate the city's police department, though the plans ended up reduced to more modest budget cuts. That's really interesting. It'd be really great to see Minneapolis with not only a new mayor, but uh, a queer mayor. Uh, she has a leopard coat on in the in the I, I'll, I'll of I was gonna say, do home. you know her?
2: Are you related? You know is it your sister, or your cousin? What just, is it?
3: It's the leopard coat
2: for me. She really <laughs> <got> it
3: right. <laughs> All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's gonna be a high of 99 in La Quinta today, a high of 99 in Cathedral City. 79 in St. Louis, 70 in Chicago, high of 75 in Atlanta, 72 in San Francisco, 79 in Kansas City, 99 in Palm Springs, 90 in Vegas, and 84 in LA. Now give us a vibe of the day.
2: You can't knock on Opportunity's door and not be ready. Stay ready, people.
3: Stay ready. I love that. All right. Well, of course, it's Monday and we're doing a little bit of So What Did I Miss? Uh, Apparently, a German car park unveiled diversity spaces reserved for LGBTQ drivers and migrants. And we're going to talk about it coming up next.
2: Going in three, two. So what did I miss? What did I miss? Welcome back to The Morning Beat. If you weren't paying attention to life over the weekend because you were busy living it, don't worry, we've got you covered. Uh, I was in Mexico, Michaela was in Palm Springs, but here we are still figuring out to tell you what you might have missed. Here are some stories you might not have caught. This first one is actually right down the road. Uh, we're heading down to Huntington Beach, Orange County, here in Southern California, uh, where a massive oil spill, a crude oil spill off the coast Uh, believed to be at least 126,000 gallons, has now reached the shores of Huntington Beach, damaging local wildlife and possibly closing miles of beaches uh, for weeks or even months, apparently. This is just devastating. Uh, We don't hear a lot about oil spills, I feel like, as much as we did when I was younger. I feel like they've gotten them under control to some degree. However, there's always the risk. Uh, The origin of the leak was a break of the rig Ellie, which was about five miles off the coast of Huntington Beach. Now, uh, Amplify Energy CEO Martin Wilshire uh, spoke at a press conference yesterday, uh, said, I don't, I don't expect it to be more. That's the capacity of the entire pipeline. Apparently, this pipeline just leaked as much as it possibly could into the ocean, uh, and then they were able to go shut it down. There are still divers out in the ocean right now trying to figure out the exact origin of the leak, uh, which they have not located as of now. Uh, crews of skimmers uh, led by our Coast Guard uh, have worked to establish uh, sort of floating barriers. Uh, they call them booms. They stop... Uh, the sheen of oil from spreading too far because there are all sorts of reserves down, ecological reserves down in like Bolsa, Chica, Huntington Beach, Orange, Orange County area that are at risk for being damaged, uh, if not, you know, temporarily, possibly even permanently. And this is an entire ecosystem down there in Southern California that could be destroyed. And the idea that that we might not be heading to the beach uh, in parts of Southern California for months is just devastating yeah that's so sad it is october so you know summer's behind us but people go surfing year-round people go swimming year-round yeah at least so
3: beautiful at least until december we could still hit the
2: beach yeah so so, and 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 countless countless wildlife will die yeah and and there's there's a report of you know people seeing swimming or dolphins swimming through the oil slicks you know over the weekend and and who knows what's to come for them it's just Mm -hmm. it's just devastating stuff so uh, we'll keep we'll keep you updated on this but uh Sad, sad times here in Southern California.
3: Yeah, it totally is so sad. Uh, But in better news, uh, to lighten it up a little bit, there's this incredible thing happening in Germany. Um, You guys know I always say I get nervous. I leave very early in the morning. um, And it gets a little bit scary, even just as a woman, just parking your car. But Germany's doing something really special as they unveil what they're calling diversity spaces reserved for LGBTQ drivers uh, or migrants. So a car park Located in Hanau, Germany, uh, is creating spaces. Thomas Morlock, the chairman of the supervisory board of HPG and a city council member, said at the inauguration of the parking spaces that they're aiming uh, to help people who feel a special need for protection. And so at this car park, there's cameras, there's about uh, multiple spaces where uh, LGBTQ people or people of diversity can park their cars. There's also a camera that um, watches them to make sure that they're okay uh, because some really scary incidences have been happening. Uh, Different shootings, particularly in 2020, an extreme right gunman took to the streets of Hanau and opened fire on two shisha lounges in the city center, killing 11 people. Nine of uh, whom had ethnic roots outside of Germany, wounding five others. But there's also a need for our LGBTQ people. And so this is a way to just make people feel more safe. And I love it. I'll tell you, and, I, and I'm sure even maybe as a man, some of the scariest movies start with people walking through the parking lot or the parking garage to get to their car. It feels kind of sketchy and dangerous. And so to have this sort of protection, I think is incredible.
2: Well, uh, that is fantastic. We're going to actually head back down to Orange County for a story coming uh, out of uh, Laguna Beach area, we talked about this a while back, there's an update, remember that couple that was just, uh, they had artwork installed in their backyard, they put some netting around it, um, and it was kind of obscene looking, uh, the neighbors uh, complained that it blocked their view of the ocean, and part, part of the reason you live in Orange County is views of the ocean, right? And uh, this couple, this billionaire couple, got so upset by this, uh, they played this theme song non-stop uh, till wee hours of the morning to get back at their neighbors
3: just oh my God, back
4: yes. and you'll hear a tale, a tale all right so we're
2: talking about uh bill gross <laughs> bill gross is a and his wife amy they're billionaires they live down on laguna beach uh and this is the song they would play past the nine o'clock hour uh, you have quiet hours quiet hours you know where you can't play loud music past 9 p.m on the weekdays and they just kept blasting this into the neighbor's yard
4: yes. and the neighbors were
2: like listen uh, this is this is problematic. We don't like this. Uh, we're talking about uh, Mark Taufik and Carol Nakahara were the neighbors. Well, now, an Orange County Superior Court judge uh, said they could uh, spend days, two days performing community service for the violation, also fined $1,000. There's a restraining order on them for three years so far. Could be extended an additional five years uh, because of this latest violation. And of course, this billionaire who, by the way, was one of the founders of the global investment management firm PIMCO. It's a big deal. This oh guy's God. got a lot of money. Uh, called the ruling a travesty of justice and a black mark on the Orange County judicial system. The words black mark stick I out know, to me. I that's intense. When, 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 when their neighbors, the, I mean, with the names Nakahara and Tawfiq, uh, sound like they might not be, you know, white. Uh, seems a little bit uh, problematic. But yeah. they're getting fined. A $1,000 fine, though, for a billionaire, I mean... Come
3: okay. on. Okay, that's like melting money. Uh, all right, well, that's a little bit of so what did I miss. Now, coming up, uh, we had an amazing interview with our very own Trump, played by John Dominico. It was so funny. We're going to play it again. Stick around.
2: Major allegations coming in the world of pop culture and entertainment. Michaela's got all the details. It's what's popping.
3: All right, this is crazy, and it feels like it's sort of out of nowhere. Um, I love the song Blurred Lines. Uh, It did get in a little bit of trouble just a few years ago. It shared the same uh, chorus line as another very popular song. They ended up getting sued for that. But Robin Thicke is back in the headlines uh, thanks to supermodel Emily Ratajkowski Uh, She's making claims that during the making of the video that brought him international fame, uh, he got a little handsy with her. She said that he grabbed her bare breasts while they were filming Blurred Lines, and it was sudden, out of nowhere. She felt the coolness and foreignness of a stranger's hands cupping her bare breasts from behind. She said that she instinctively moved away, looking back at uh, at Robin Thicke. Um, and he basically responded. He had a goofy grin, stumbled backwards. His eyes uh, were concealed behind his sunglasses, and she said that her head just turned to darkness beyond the set. Uh, Her voice kind of cracked, and uh, she said that she was okay when asked by the director if she was okay, uh, and she just sort of let it go. Um, But I think that... uh, uh, I just... I think that... As we're moving forward as women, and and especially in this industry, we're starting to feel more comfortable talking out, talking out against people. And this was a really sexual and racy video. She was naked uh, during most of the video, However, that's not an excuse for her to be touched when they're not filming and without her permission. And um, it's going to be interesting to hear what he has to say in regards to her coming out about this. But this is coming out of her new book uh, that she's written. And uh, it's going to be interesting. It's called My Body and it's set to be released next month.
2: Uh, yeah, it's a lot. It's so. It's just. It's just so. I. I think this has happened so much. Much more often than anybody realizes, um, and it's just unfortunate that people can't. Women in particular just can't come forward faster, you know, and can't just be honest about situations and have the power in the room to have it all shut down if that's what they choose.
3: Yeah, yeah. She did say, and this is not an excuse at all. She thinks that he was drinking heavily at the time, which was making him feel more comfortable. Uh, But it's never an excuse. It's not okay. Also, the song that I was talking about, uh, they did uh, lose the lawsuit against Marvin Gaye's estate uh, because Blurred Lines was very similar to Gotta Give It Up. So uh, I hope that Emily feels empowered. I hope she feels good about the truth that she's sharing. It's never okay as a woman to be on set at any professional level and be groped um, in a way that you don't feel comfortable. And it's going to be interesting to hear what Robin has to say. All right, coming up in our next hour, uh, we're talking about uh, Bonds, Ben Wishaw. I'm so excited. Uh, but they want a gay actor to replace Daniel Craig. He knows two ideal men. Listen, I love the Bonds series. But I don't know if I agree with this story. and We'll discuss next.
1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Welcome back to the Morning Beat. It's almost time for News on the Beat. Why are we playing some James Bond music? I'll tell you right now. Justin, don't you worry. a little producer over here getting excited. I know why we're playing it. It's coming up in just a few minutes, about 12 minutes from right now. Uh, We're having a conversation about the future of James Bond. You know, the next Bond film, the final Daniel Craig film, is coming out this week. But with all this conversation about whether we should have a black James Bond or a female James Bond, could we have a queer James Bond? Uh, one actor thinks that's very much a possibility. We're going to tell you why and uh, share our thoughts coming up in about 13 minutes from right now. Uh, Also, a little bit later on this hour, Michaela Gordon and I are going to recap our weekend. She's still in Palm Springs, I'm going to say recovering from the Dinosaur weekend or reveling in the joy of it all. Uh, And I uh, just got back from a... 39-hour trip to Cancun, where I planned the biggest, gayest wedding ever with my fiancé. And we're going to share exactly what went down for both of us. Very different weekends, very exciting for both of us. And we're going to uh, share some of our stories with you in just a bit as well. Um, uh, But first, it is time for news on the beat. Michaela, what's going on?
3: All right, babe. Well, to Sheila Nazad, being queer means being a world builder. The longtime community organizer and Minneapolis mayor candidate would be the city's first out queer mayor with a focus on reimagining policing and public safety. She told LGBTQ Nation that launching Minneapolis into the future requires radical, compassionate imagination, which being queer has given her She said, queer people have had to imagine and build families, homes, jobs, and the way we do safety outside of traditional social systems for years. What we have now is a system of policing that we've been doing for 150 years, and it continues to bring violence to our communities and especially to our trans communities and LGBTQ communities of color. She said, we're going to have to imagine something new and it's going to be a little bit scary. But as a queer person, when I came out in 2010, I had to imagine a lot of new ways of doing things as well. But Nizad has done a lot more than just imagine. For three years, she has worked as a policy organizer for Reclaim the Block, an organization that lobbies the city to reallocate the police budget toward more community-oriented programs. A self-described big-budget nerd, her motto is, From the streets to the spreadsheets. Now, Minneapolis is indeed the epicenter of the national conversation about the role police should play in society. It is the city where George Floyd was murdered by police officer Derek Chauvin in 2020, setting off a global wave of Black Lives Matter protests and bringing the conversation about defunding the police to the forefront. In the wake of the protests, the Minneapolis City Council announced plans to eliminate the city's police department, though the plans ended up reduced to more modest budget cuts. This November, Minneapolis residents will vote on a ballot initiative that will decide whether the Minneapolis Police Department will be disbanded and replaced with a public health-focused Department of Public Safety. Her bold vision for the city Comes from her lived experience. She said, I am a queer person and a mixed race person. I'm a renter and a working class person. And all of that has informed my understanding of what builds safety in Minneapolis. And I'm not afraid to walk boldly into the change. It's
2: really exciting. I mean, you know, everybody. You know, at the height of the Black Lives Matter protest over the, the death of George Floyd, we thought we were going to see these extreme changes, and then eventually things just sort of die down. We don't hear about Breonna Taylor as much, we don't hear about George Floyd as much, and I think that that is a cycle that we as americans tend to go through uh hopefully you know we can get some real change and i don't know if that means abolishing the police system but i think it means making some massive massive changes
3: yeah absolutely i totally agree okay well joe biden is doing something major he's announced his planned nominee for ambassador at large and coordinator of united states government activities To combat HIV-AIDS globally, the ambassadorship is a Senate-confirmed State Department position who leads and manages the president's emergency plan for AIDS relief. The title holder is generally referred to as the Global AIDS Coordinator. Biden will nominate Dr. John N. Nikengisong, the current director of the Africa Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, to the position. Now, Nkengasong was born in Cameroon and studied at the university uh, in a nation's capital before moving on to graduate from the Institute of Tropical Medicine and the University of Brussels, both in Belgium. He studied and defined several HIV subtypes in Africa for his doctoral thesis, something unprecedented at the time. He also studied at Harvard's John F. Kennedy School of Government for Management. I think that's pretty great. Let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 99 in La Quinta, 99 in Cathedral City, a high of 91 in Sacramento, 72 in Cleveland, 70 in Chicago, 82 in Baltimore, 61 in Seattle, 73 in San Francisco, 88 in Houston, and a high of 97 in Palm Springs. Now give us a vibe of the day.
2: You can't knock on Opportunity's door and not be ready. Take care of yourselves. Do what you got to do to be ready for that next opportunity.
3: All right, all right. Well, coming up, Bond's Ben Whishaw, once gay actor, once a gay actor to replace Daniel Craig, and he knows two ideal men. I'm going to say though, I don't know if I agree with Ben. We'll discuss coming up next.
2: Okay, I can't tell you how excited I am for this weekend. The final James Bond 007, played by Daniel Craig, hits theaters. And I haven't had a lot of reasons to go to the theater these last couple of years. Obviously, the pandemic didn't make it possible for a while. Uh, My partner and I did go see one movie a few weeks ago, but this will definitely get me back into the cinema. I can't wait. I love Daniel Craig. I think he's fantastic. But from the time that Daniel Craig took over the reins as James Bond until today, a lot has changed in the world. A lot has changed in the TV and film industry. And we've had uh, conversations for years now about, you know, having a black James Bond and Idris Elba's name was thrown around a lot, which I think is fantastic. And then we talked about having a female James Bond, which I think is an also, also a really great conversation. And these are conversations that you and I have had that we've had here on The Morning Beat that we talk about within our queer communities. And sometimes I think one thing that happens in our community is that uh, we are so used to getting so little for so long. This goes for queer people, black people, female. I think that sometimes we settle for one step in the right direction instead of two, three, four, five steps in the right direction. Uh, So uh, Bond actor Ben Whishaw, uh, in a new interview with Attitude, um, which was uh, shared by The Independent, uh, who made his debut as Q uh, in Skyfall, which in my accounting is the best James Bond film ever made. Skyfall was absolutely incredible. We lost James Judy, Judy Dench in that film, which just broke my heart. Um, But I think that was the best James Bond. Well, Ben Whishaw is saying, uh, listen, I think it's time that we also have a conversation about having a queer James Bond. And he has a couple of ideas uh, for who that could be. We're talking Luke Evans, which if you follow Luke Evans on Instagram and you're a gay man, uh, you know why. He's everything. Um, also, Bridgerton breakout Jonathan Bailey. And this one's interesting to me because for season two of, of Bridgerton, uh, the the focus is going to move uh, away from the season one focus uh, with Regé-Jean Page. And it's going to move to Jonathan Bailey uh, as a more central character who's out-and-proud actor and plays an out-and-proud man uh, on the show. These are a couple of really interesting options. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts, though, Michaela, because, you know, you've been supportive of the idea of a black James Bond or a female James Bond. Uh, What do you think about this?
3: Yeah, well, you know, first of all, I'm feeling major girl power leaving a weekend festival of all uh, queer women and, of course, our non-binary and trans women, uh, because I think that here's the problem with Jonathan Bailey and Luke Evans. I think it's amazing that they're uh, gay, they're queer, but they're just another white cis male to me. Like, I feel like I don't know how it really diversifies it that much. I think it would be exciting to just go totally, in your words, flipping the script. I think that... We've seen it done time and time again. I really would like to see a strong black man or even a strong black woman take on this role. I think particularly with the Bond films, we've seen women um, take on roles in these films where they were like more sexualized and they were more like, just like the dainty woman. And I think that um, in my dream world, I would see another woman uh, be able to take on this role or a queer black man. I just feel like going with, Uh, You know, somebody like Jonathan Bailey and Luke Evans, although gorgeous, it still feels a little bit repetitive to me.
2: Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. I don't want to. My only concern is I don't want to say I don't want to start painting the narrative. because Listen, I'm a, I'm a queer white man, and I know there's a lot of privilege in that. I get that. I also don't want to discount the fact that progress is progress, and I think it would still be progress for a queer white man, a cis man, to play this role. Is it enough progress for me though? And that's the question. And I hear you there. I I, I hear you. I think that maybe it's not enough progress, and and maybe we need to go somewhere really extreme with this one. I I have an idea for you that I. Think could check a lot of your boxes, Michaela. Okay. Um, uh I said check, not tickled, by the way.
3: Uh check your boxes. <laughs> Such a good move. Uh, <laughs> what
2: about what about Tessa Thompson? She a is
3: thousand
2: percent. She is queer and black and female. Uh she's bisexual. Uh she's Bless. thirty-eight years old. Justin, find out how old Daniel Craig was when he played James 38? Bond. Yeah. Find thirty eight? And I think that's a perfect age to step into. Because listen, Daniel Craig has been playing this uh, character for quite a few years now. Justin, our producer, is going to find out how old he was when he started and how old he and how long he's been there. Uh, but Tessa Thompson, age thirty-eight, you, you got to think she could. He was thirty-eight when was Casino 30, Royale came out. Yeah. In oh come on, that's and incredible! And then he plays this perfect. role for a decade or so, and and or even longer. Right? It might have been years. fifteen years. So think about that. Tessa Thompson could play this role for the next 10, 15 years, and check off everybody's boxes and. And not only is she queer, she's bisexual, which, which, which covers, there's so many storylines that could be told with that. Do you well, know I mean? you what
3: know, It's so funny that you say this and we're going to have her on the show. I'm going to bring her on, but I hosted this weekend with, um, Okay,
2: wait, wait, hold on. I thought you were about to tell me we were having Tessa Thompson on the show and I about lost my mind.
3: We're having Tessa Thompson <laughs> on the show. Could you, let me work on that. Uh, no, uh casey who won big brother casey clark who i also um hosted with
2: please i know her from the challenge every single season she listen she hurt her knee last year had to drop out of the finale she's back this year on mtv's the challenge i'm obsessed i I love her
3: (laughs) okay well she's gonna come on the show Uh, we became little besties she's so fun but we were talking about her experience you know she's 35 years old and she said that she'd been wanting to audition for big brother uh for years But she never did because she didn't think that they would ever choose anybody that looked like her. She never saw herself on television, so she never auditioned. She said when she finally did at 30 years old, they obviously fell in love with her, she obviously won. But that goes back to how important it is to have representation. And I think that particularly for young women, just because this was a conversation we had so much uh, this weekend, being able to see Tessa Thompson playing um, or leading a Bond film I think would be so empowering, something that we haven't seen And something that little girls need. I literally watched Casey, one of the uh, people that were attending Dinah, said, hey, my seven-year-old's on the phone. Could you just FaceTime her really fast? And the conversation that was had between the seven-year-old and Casey Clark, it was like, this is why representation is so important. She felt... Uh, she played soccer this little girl and she just felt so empowered and so I think that Tessa Thompson would be incredible and I think although going a totally different route it kind of needs to be done now
2: yeah I totally I totally hear that I do I do want to let you know though before we bring Casey on the show um I I'm not a fan of how she's playing the game on the challenge right now and I'm not really for her alliance so I'm just going to tell you sparks could fly and not in a good way I'm just warning you I'm a I'm a super fan of the challenge
3: Okay, well, I'm going to be honest. I've never seen it ever.
2: And <laughs> I've so, lost every episode. It's so good.
3: No, we literally just became friends, and then people were, like, losing their minds. They're she, she's famous. And I was like, what is it? That, what do you do again? And then she's like, it's okay. It doesn't matter. But people were so invested. So <laughs> we'll have to talk to her about it. All right, coming up, uh, we are going to discuss I hosted and headlined the biggest lesbian festival ever. And uh, AJ planned a really gay wedding in Mexico. We'll recap our weekend coming up next.
2: You're listening to the morning beat, and what a morning it has been as Michaela records uh, live from Palm Springs. Uh, I'm here in the studio; just got back from a 39-hour trip to Mexico to plan a big gay wedding with my fiance. But Michaela, I want to hear all about why you're in Palm Springs. What happen, what happened? What what happened? What went down this weekend? Because uh, I was watching you on social media, and it looks like you had a blast.
3: Listen to me. The things that I was able to squeeze in in 48 hours was unbelievable. First of all, Palm Springs is where it's at. First of all, to all of our listeners that came up, said they loved us, listened to our show. It was so amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, But Dinah was lit this year. Thousands of lesbians in one place. Also, it's gotten very inclusive with trans women, our non-binary and queer community as well. I cannot say enough good things. First of all, doing a festival after a pandemic, all the safety precautions were taken. Everybody had to show proof of vaccine. They also had to bring a test that showed uh, that they tested uh, uh, negative within the past 24 hours. So that was really great. But just from the minute we stepped on stage Saturday, from the contests and being able to headline, I told Lisa that in 2009, I was like, one day I'm going to go to Dinah with my soulmate. And in 2021, I hosted Dinah with my soulmate, DJing. Um, but I think there was some major highlights. We were doing a twerking contest at one point because mm. that's what you do at lesbian festivals, right. obviously. And behind me, Cara Delevingne walked up and she was like, oh, you're gorgeous. And I was like, wait, are you on stage with me right now? What's happening? She ended up helping us. Uh, host the working Contest because she's doing this really amazing uh, new documentary that we're not really allowed to talk about. Um, but it was so exciting because, you know, she's part of the community. But um, it's so great that they're bringing light to Dinah which is we celebrated the Dirty 30, the 30th anniversary of this safe space uh, that has been created for women. And it was just so much fun. Uh, it, my feet are dying. I cannot feel them. But to see all of those women come together, also highlight of my life, SWV performed. And I got to go on stage. Not only did I introduce SWV, Lisa was DJing up until their intro. So it was me and Lisa on stage together in front of thousands of lesbians. We introduced SWV. They came on stage. It was, they sounded better live than the record it was like incredible it was also brutally hot but it was just so great to see all of these women coming together feeling excited i felt so happy i got to see so many of my friends and i've officially been asked back to sing next year my new record that comes out in january so it was amazing i mean congratulations to channel q dj alex d dj lisa Pittman. It was celebrity-studded, and we just had the best time.
2: I live for that. I love that. I, I love that you say they're more queer-inclusive and more non-binary and, and trans-inclusive. That is fantastic, and I think it's a note that the uh, traditionally cis, you know, uh, gay festivals could probably take a note from because it's a lot of it's a lot of gay white men, to be honest. Um, not that I go to them very often, but I have been to a few over the years. Uh, so it sounds like you had a lot of fun, and I, I love that for you.
3: Yes, and I'm now very tired. So excuse my energy level. I wasn't even drinking. It wasn't even a party. We were just hosting. I can't tell you. I haven't hosted an event for six hours a day for like two years, especially in the heat. That was the one thing that most people said. They're like, "Man, I can't party like I used to after this pandemic. It's crazy."
2: Well, you got to build up the uh, build up the the what is it called? Tolerance. Tolerance. Why? See, yes. th- that's how old I am. I don't even have a tolerance anymore.
3: Well, you had a busy weekend also. Well, I
2: did drink quite a bit of tequila in a very short amount of time. Yeah, my partner and I, my fiance and I, uh, flew down to Mexico after work on Friday uh, and had the shortest trip to Cancun of all time. We were there for about 39 hours. Uh, but we did spend nine hours with our wedding team meeting all sorts of vendors and and picking out florals and and flatware and and performers and all sorts of stuff on Saturday. We're getting married down there in a big, big gay wedding for Pride in June of 2022. Uh, Not going to reveal where we're getting married, uh, but somewhere down near Mexico that's absolutely stunning. And I'll tell you, this resort has blown our mind. We went down there and uh, did site, uh, sort of site inspections toward a few different resorts back in June uh, with a couple of our friends, and fell in love with this place and had the time of our lives this weekend. Uh, there was romance. I had breakfast in bed. I woke up. Let me tell you this, my fiance, sweet as can be. I woke up yesterday morning. We didn't have time to really go to the spa or get massages on the beach or do those sorts of things, and we're also kind of waiting. For our wedding, so we can do those things then. We don't want to like get so used to the resort now that we don't enjoy it when we're down there for our actual wedding. Well, he knew I wanted to go to the spa, and we woke up. He woke me up in bed, whispered in my ear, said, excuse me, Mr. Gibson, uh, your spa treatment is ready. He had a bubble bath prepared for me in this ginormous granite tub that's so stunning, and, uh, he had a robe ready for me and some slippers. He had spa music playing and then he had breakfast in bed delivered. If I, I if he didn't know all my love languages yesterday, I, it was incredible. And I just can't wait to go do it for an entire week in June. It was wonderful.
3: Yes. I love it. Well, listen, it was a very gay wedding, a, a gay weekend for the both of us. And I'm so happy that we're here to recap. I cannot wait for your wedding. I can't wait for Dinah next year. Um, And again, thank you to all our listeners. Now, coming up in What's Poppin', Twitter is reacting to the stacked, stacked 2022 halftime lineup. I'm all of a sudden, the biggest football fan ever. And we'll discuss why coming up there.
4: Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest.
2: The Super Bowl is one of the biggest nights in the year, and I can't believe we're actually covering it and what's popping because you know sports. Uh, but Michaela is super excited. Tell us why.
3: Okay, listen. I would never cover sports ever. Unless the announcement was big enough, and the annual announcement of the Super Bowl halftime lineup is always a big deal, but this year's rundown has sent football and music fans into overdrive with anticipation thanks to its hip-hop and R&B talent, It has been announced that Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar are set to perform at the Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show uh, in Inglewood, California on February 13th, 2022. Literally, Twitter was losing their minds. I've never related to so many tweets. Somebody said, suddenly, I'm a huge football fan. Somebody else responded, this is hands down the greatest Super Bowl halftime show of all time. I feel the same way. I'm so excited. Um, And believe it or not, the show put together in partnership with the NFL, Pepsi, and Jay-Z's Rock Nation will be the first time that all five superstars will perform together on stage. It will also be the first time that the Super Bowl will take place in LA in 30 years being housed in the newly built stadium that is both home to the Los Angeles Rams and LA Chargers. It will show, uh, it will air on NBC. And I'm just so excited. I mean- I grew up with Eminem. Like Mary J. Blige was like my singing icon, and to see this happen all together live, I'm I'm overwhelmed. Well, yeah, I'm I mean this is a big deal. I'm excited.
2: It's a big deal. I flew in, like I said, last night from Cancun, and we flew over Inglewood and in the SoFi Stadium, and it's stunning. It's absolutely breathtaking. Uh, and and to be in Inglewood and to not have these uh. performers would have been a, an, an injustice. For 30 years, we haven't had the Super Bowl out here, and you know Inglewood is known. It's it's one of those neighborhoods, brought us a lot of rap stars, a lot of hip-hop stars, uh, and to celebrate the culture uh, where it's sort of one of the roots of the culture is really, really fantastic. It feels sort of like the Avengers of rap and hip-hop. Yeah, Like it feels like any one of them could have headlined this thing alone, uh, but to come together like this, I love it though. Listen, J-Lo and Shakira, when they were down in Miami, they got them to perform together, and either one of them could have headlined by themselves yes. so I think I, I like this I like seeing more it brings me back to the days where like Aerosmith and Justin Timberlake and Brittany were all out there together and sort of ruled the world um, I like seeing big collaborations like this
3: I did too. I will say Mary J. Blige is representing for women who I would have liked to have see added and maybe there will be a surprise as Missy Elliott. I feel like that would have been also a good well, addition. Well, she, she
2: came out, what, last year, two years ago at the Super Bowl halftime so, show and she did do a surprise performance so I feel like they wouldn't bring her back out um, but she, she could again headline the entire show herself as well. I love her.
3: Yeah, of course. Of course. Well, I can't wait. It's gonna be a rockin' show. I'm so ready and uh, congratulations. Let's go. Alright, coming up at our for next hour, uh, there's a story coming out of the LGBTQ Nation. An LGBTQ newspaper publisher proclaims no one gives a hoot about woke gender identity. Not a hoot. Not giving a hoot. We'll discuss coming up next.
2: Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Thank you so much for joining us. A fantastic hour coming up. Uh, the, the owner of the Pride LA newspaper, it's an LGBTQ newspaper, has proclaimed that no one gives a hoot about woke gender identity. We're having that conversation in 15 minutes. Uh, Is that an accurate statement? Uh, Is this a hill we're willing to die on? Or should we continue fighting for each and every single cause every day of the week? It's a really, really interesting conversation. We're going to have it here in just a little bit, Uh, but stick around for that. Right now, though, it's time for news on the beat. Michaela Gordon, what do you have for us?
3: All right, big news, babe. President Joe Biden has announced his planned nominee for ambassador at large and coordinator of United States government activities to combat HIV AIDS globally. The ambassadorship is a Senate confirmed State Department position who leads and manages the president's emergency plan for AIDS relief. The title holder is generally referred to as the global AIDS coordinator. Uh, Biden will nominate Dr. John N. song Forgive me for butchering that. I did practice. Justin, did I say it right?
1: I believe so, yes.
3: Thank you very much. The current director of the Africa Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Now, Nkengasong was born in Cameroon and studied uh, in the nation's capital before moving on to graduate from the Institute of Tropical Medicine and the University of Brussels, both in Belgium. He studied and defined several HIV subtypes in Africa for his doctoral thesis something unprecedented at the time. He also studied at Harvard's John F. Kennedy School of Government for Management. Uh, So that's a really big deal. I'm proud that Joe Biden is taking this very seriously. All right, another news to Sheila uh, Nazad. Being queer means being a world builder. The longtime community organizer and Minneapolis uh, candidate would be the city's first out queer mayor with a focus on reimagining policing and public safety. She told LGBTQ Nation that launching Minneapolis... Uh, into the future, requires radical, compassionate imagination, which being queer has given her. But Nizad has done a lot more than imagine. For three years, she has worked as a policy organizer for Reclaim the Block, an organization that lobbies the city to reallocate the police budget toward more community-oriented programs. A self-described big-budget nerd, her motto is from the streets to the spreadsheets. Now, Minneapolis is indeed the epicenter of the national conversation about the role police should play in society. It is the city where George Floyd was murdered by police officer Derek Chauvin in 2020, setting off a global wave of Black Lives Matter protests and bringing the conversation about defunding the police to the forefront. In the wake of the protests, the Minneapolis City Council announced plans to eliminate the city's police department, though the plans ended up reduced to more modest budget cuts. All right. In other news, uh, liberal and moderate Democrats are still at odds over crucial high dollar parts of Joe Biden's legislative agenda. Remember, there are two bills at play here, an infrastructure bill and one focused on social spending and climate. The latter is causing particular concern with a proposed price tag of $3.5 trillion. Moderate Democrats have balked at the figure and suggested a pared down version of as little as $1.5 trillion. That's been rejected by progressives who are also vowing to withhold their votes on the roughly $1 trillion infrastructure bill if details of the other bill aren't ironed out first. The disagreements led House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to delay bringing the infrastructure bill to the floor for a vote late last week and will undoubtedly continue this week. Though Dems are facing criticism for how long it takes to agree on these key issues, uh, Senate Majority Whip Dick Durbin assured that the party won't let the U.S. default on its debt on October 18th
2: interesting because nancy pelosi has just now set october 31st as the new deadline to get these bills done you know we thought they might happen last week anybody who pays any attention to politics in washington dc knew that would not happen uh but we did avoid a government shutdown which is i guess a minor success and we have until the end of october right before uh, you know uh some people in some places go up for re-election in november not a whole lot of elections happening this year though uh 2021 a down year uh but we'll see
3: Yeah. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's a high of 97 in Palm Springs today, 90 in Vegas, a high of 84 in LA, 86 in Miami, 73 in San Francisco, a high of 82 in Baltimore, 79 in St. Louis, 99 in La Quinta, and 99 in Cathedral City. Now give us a vibe of the day.
2: You can't knock on Opportunity's door and not be ready.
3: Love it. Love it. Be ready. All right, coming up, an LGBTQ newspaper publisher proclaims, No one gives a hoot about woke gender identity. We'll discuss why this is problematic coming up next.
2: It's so important to know where you're getting your news and information from. Uh, This is really fascinating to me. T.J. Montemer is a name you should know. He's the publisher of the Mirror Media Group, which includes publications such as the Santa Monica Mirror, Palisades News. Those are communities here in Southern California. Also, they publish the Pride LA, which is an LGBTQ uh, newspaper, right? A lot of people from our community in Southern California, in particular, get their news from the LA Pride or the Pride LA. Um, but allegedly, he has denounced a teacher who's being criticized for asking his students what their preferred pronouns are. The pronouns discussion is a hot button issue for many. You know, we talk about it oftentimes on the show. Uh, young kids nowadays. Uh, uh, learning about their pronouns at school. Uh, We discussed at great length Bethany Frankel last week getting dragged for what some are saying are transphobic comments. We had Dr. Jen Mann on the show to discuss uh, as one of the leading experts on this conversation in the nation, right? If you missed that conversation, download our podcast on the Odyssey app. Um, He went on to say there is no place in school where this should be. Uh, This is on his Facebook page. I said, in the real world, no one gives a hoot about your gender identity woke kids equal soft kids, which equal soft adults. Now, this is a conversation that is fascinating to me. This idea of soft adults, you know, oftentimes as liberals or progressives, uh, we're called snowflakes by others, you know, where we can't handle things, we're fragile, we're delicate. Um, Where some people see this as being soft or fragile, I see it as being compassionate and kind, and actually being very, very thoughtful. It's fascinating to me, though, that this publisher, uh, whose other publications are very much catering to a straight audience, uh, would denounce the community uh, for which he serves. You know, with with Pride LA. I or LA, I, I just. I think it's important to know who the people are behind the publications and the news that we're receiving. And I think it's important that we share this information with our listeners because I don't support this. I think it's insane.
3: Yeah, I think it's really tough because, you know, people are always like, I've been reading some of these memes where they say, um, well, you know, tough things happen to everybody. You should just get over it and uh, move on. Nobody cares. Everyone has a story. And I think that, you know, that's why we have so many people struggling with their mental health, particularly older generations, Uh, even our generation, I was taught that we don't cry. My mother's maiden name is Cavaricci. And they would say, Cavaricis don't cry. Cavaricis don't cry. You couldn't cry if you got hurt. Uh, Therapy wasn't cool in an Italian family. You weren't supposed to speak about any of these things. So
2: problematic.
3: And it was so problematic because, you know, yeah, sure, everybody goes through something. It doesn't make mine any less valid for my own narrative and working through what I was trying to work through because had I been able to have real conversations as a little girl, um, I would have probably liked myself more. I probably would have had more self-worth. I probably wouldn't have thought I was weird. And when you have low self-worth, you do things that that are harmful to yourself and then harmful to others. And Mm. so I think that, you know... I, I'm just tired of people thinking that two things can't live in the same place. Do you know I what I'm know. saying?
2: Right, and it, it it just makes me so sad to think the potential of humans. Like if we actually just allowed space for conversations on mental health, I understand that the generation before us and those before them did not have that luxury. By and large, my generation has not had that luxury. It's been I'm 41, and it's something sort of new to to me even to have these conversations, you know, and men in particular have a hard time with this. I believe men of a certain age, uh, this man in particular, this publisher, TJ uh, Montemer uh, has has made very problematic statements in the past on his Facebook account. Um, one time he said that uh, the homeless people in in California are, quote, taken care of, and it's their choice to be on the street. They aren't 150,000 Californians. It's just 150,000 randoms. So the lack of compassion is across the board for this guy. He's a piece of work. And to, to, to not understand the homeless crisis, to not have respect for our community while you're publishing a publication that is catered towards our community and making money off of our community, I think it's just disgusting to have such a lack of understanding of human decency and, 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 and how diverse uh, we are, how beautiful our differing perspectives are. Mm-hmm. If someone wants to share with you their pronouns shut the f up and listen yeah. like just let them share them yeah there, it, like, doesn't,
3: it doesn't do anything to you yeah, it I don't understand you.
2: I don't understand why the pronouns conversation is so triggering for some like we're so deeply set in our ways in our belief systems that we can't say oh we can't hear another human being saying to us this is how I identify I understand yeah. that you might only think there are two genders but but there never have been nor never will there only be two genders and well, that and, is that is okay
3: it's it's more than OK. And, you know, doing this festival this weekend, we saw a lot of, of people um, that uh, identified as non-binary. Uh, there was a lot of uh, people that had, you know, top surgery. There was a lot of diversity this year in particular, more than I've ever seen. And just to see how happy and free they were, they were excited, they were living their truth, they were living authentically. Watching that did nothing to me. It didn't take anything away from yeah. me. In fact, it actually made me so happy. It made me happy watching somebody genuinely laugh, yes. genuinely be happy. And, yes. and that's really what it comes down to. You and know also what tell,
2: tell me if I'm wrong, but when, whenever you're around diverse people, don't you feel a little bit more inspired to be a little bit more free and a yes. little more, more kind afterwards?
3: Yes, yes, Absolutely. So I just, I do not agree with this newspaper reporter at all. All right, coming Publisher, up, I, he's a publisher. A publisher, he's publisher. He's the guy Even in worse. charge. Even worse, yeah. yeah. All right, well, coming up, this is very exciting. AJ's Scream dreams are coming true. I'll tell you what, I had in between breaks, they were playing the Halloween Michael Myers movies, uh, like nonstop this weekend. And I watched some of them while I was doing my makeup. It made me laugh thinking of you. Uh, and now you could possibly, in the be in the movie Scream A.J., and I'll give you all the details next. Hello?
1: Why don't you want to talk to me?
3: Who is this?
1: You tell me your name, I'll tell you mine.
2: <laughs> I don't think so.
1: What's that noise? Popcorn. you making popcorn? Uh-huh. I only eat popcorn at the movies.
2: Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Oh, just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? <laughs> Scream. Scream is the answer, obviously. (laughs) That's Casey Becker, played by Drew Barrymore in the iconic Scream, the original, that relaunched the entire horror slasher genre. I'm obsessed, I've been obsessed since way before Scream, but that is the moment I knew that my love was real for horror films. Now, that film is celebrating its 25th anniversary coming up, which is really wild. Halloween, right around the corner, and uh, *Scream 5* is also about to come out. It's done and dusted. It's been filmed, uh, and the original characters—Nev Campbell, you know, uh, David Arquette, Courtney Cox—all came back for it. To, uh, to reprise their roles, uh, and and one of them is doing something really fantastic. David Arquette, uh, he has teamed up with a, a Airbnb actually in the Scream franchise. He plays Deputy Dewey Riley in the series, and he is going to be a part of a three night event that they're doing at the actual house where the final scene, all the carnage, took place in the original Scream. You know, you oh know my how god, these movies, yes, these movies all break down in the similar similar pattern. But for this one, there's that, that scene where a few people have been murdered and then they all go to this party because they have the night off. They get they get school suspended for a while and they go to this party, right? And that's where the final climax takes place, where the two murderers, ghost killers, chase down Sidney Prescott, Ooh. where she lives. Uh, but the house just brings back so many emotions for me. It is iconic 1990s style and apparently has not been touched. The owner's bought and built the house, and died not that long uh, before they started filming Scream there. So they actually filmed the movie in this house where this couple had passed away, essentially, right? Well, this house has not been changed for 25 years. It still looks almost exactly. No renovations, no updates. The kitchen still looks like something straight out of the 1990s. We all know and love what that looks like. Uh, And right now, Airbnb has put it on the market, and you could stay there for 5 bucks. $5.
3: Honestly, that's crazy. Would you do it?
2: In a heartbeat. Do we think it's haunted? uh, Of course not. It's a film. But, (laughs) but, I'm going to tell you this. I would reenact every single scene from that movie with my friends. Because I could bring some friends if I get this right. I would go try to like put the door up and down and see what it was like for for Rose McGowan's character Tatum uh, for her to die there I would go to the kitchen and pretend stab my friends and get I don't know corn syrup as pig's blood to pretend like we were actually going through the. Mo- I would reenact everything I would walk out that front door and hopefully there would be a news van parked out front this movie to me is everything that is great about cinema it is campy It is hilarious. It's scary as all get out. This film was terrifying. I would chase you through the woods, Michaela.
3: I know that you don't think it's haunted, but I feel like whenever you bring any of this kind of energy and then the house has not been touched since 1996... I feel like weird energy would be there. I feel like I would imagine Ghostface in the halls. I wouldn't be able to do it. There's just no way. I would freak oh, out. Honey,
2: there's there's stained glass of the Ghostface killer now at the top level center window of this house. No. So you would, you would very much, and they also have a couple Ghostface killers peek, peeking through windows. So, and then also David Arquette, has done some virtual stuff for them that, that plays on screen there. But I'm talking, they still have VHS players in this house. Oh, I love like the it. Original, the original set, this is iconic. Here's the problem. There are three opportunities to stay there. Three nights. Nobody's winning this thing.
3: No, the it odds are the not greatest, in your favor.
2: The greatest publicity stunt of all time. And chances are, I won't get to stay. But I do want to go see this house. Like, I would, I would legit just go check it out. And if it is, in fact, haunted... I would hope that it's haunted by the ghost of Wes Craven, who brought Ah! a scream, Nightmare on Elm Street, so many iconic, iconic... I I just want to go there. I want to make some Jiffy Pop in the kitchen. Oh, my God, Jiffy Pop. I want to live my best life.
3: Listen, I really did. This whole weekend, I was so busy, but in the middle of getting ready and coming back to the hotel room, they had this Halloween Michael Myers just movies on replay marathon. It got me so in the mood for spooky season, Halloween. Mm. And I forget, I actually love Halloween. I love scary movies. There's something very creepy and cozy about it. I would go see this house in a heartbeat because I loved Scream. Couldn't stay at it. I'd be freaked out. And the good news is none of us can because the ads are just not happening. Oh, well, my God. Wait, shut what? up you guys, wait, no, you're going to think this is not a real thing. Oh, my God. Okay, wait. As you guys know, I'm in a hotel room in Palm Springs where I've stayed because I had to host Diana for three days. As I was just saying that, oh, my God, Lisa just went out. I'm the only one in the room. The hotel is starting to wake up. A light just turned on and off. My lamp by my bed. Everything's off. We're working with daylight. My lamp just turned on and off.
2: You're saying it's haunted?
3: I don't know what I'm saying, but that was creepy.
2: Oh, <laughs> my God. Be? Oh, my God. guys yeah, say so. spirits
3: Travel through the, through the electric system.
2: Maybe oh, God. I'm alone
3: in my hotel. This is not of good. Of West
2: Craven. I, I hope you don't get murdered there. Mostly because you're my friend, but also the show would be really hard to host alone.
3: Yes. Yes. Hey, and I had you. a really iconic Justin, weekend.
2: Well, listen, I'll tell you this. If you are in the in 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 the mood for some spooky thrills, you know you talked about Halloween. Uh, there is another Halloween film coming out called Halloween Kills. It comes out October fourteenth with Jamie Lee Curtis and Kyle Richards from Real Housewives oh, of Beverly Hills.
3: Love.
2: She's reprising her role as a little child with the babysitter, and she was a little kid. Now she's the babysitter. So good. She's grown, and she's back. I bet she dies. I bet so she good. does. But. Regardless, uh, I need to get to Northern California to Tamales uh, to see this house. It's still there. Even if I can't stay there for Airbnb, uh, I do want to go see it, though. I think it's pretty iconic.
3: Love, love, love. All right, well, me and my light are going to head out because I don't know what's going on. But coming up in uh, What's Poppin', Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is back. And one of the cast members is accusing Lisa Barlow of sabotaging an LGBTQ event we discuss next.
2: Welcome back to The Morning Beat. If you're going through a breakup or you're trying to help a friend through a breakup right now, we've got you covered here in about 15 minutes. We're going to be sharing from a uh, psychologist's perspective uh, five steps for getting through a breakup that's actually in our next hour right now it is time though for what's poppin um, Michaela, what do you have for us all
3: right well there's more bad weather in utah whitney rose is accusing lisa barlow of sabotaging a mutual pals event and an lgbtq charity event uh, in an episode of the real housewives of salt lake city now salt lake city has had it rough i mean jen shaw was like the most iconic arrest ever, but the cast is fighting. Take a listen to Whitney Rose accusing Lisa Barlow of this. Mm-hmm. There's been a hiccup. I got this weird message from my caterer. You tell me what you think. I'm not gonna make I'm not gonna make a call. I'm gonna let you make a call. Okay, she says, Hey, we spoke with our staff last night. This doesn't seem like the right event for us. We've been asked to host events at the restaurant by Lisa's assistant. So that's the direction we need to go in. I'm so sorry to do this to you, but we can't do your event.
0: Did this text come before or after you told her we've been talking and we're friends?
3: About five hours after. Lisa's sabotaging you. Uh Oh, it's interesting. Um, But is she sabotaging her because she's friends with with Whitney Rose or because it's an LGBTQ event?
2: Um, I have no That's idea. I've never seen the episode, but I will say this: I watched one. I watched one episode last year, season one, and I absolutely hated everything about it. It's the only Real Housewives franchise I'm not into. But I totally agree. But we've had so many friends in the last few days tell Emil and I, "You gotta get into the show. It's so good." So I don't know. Yeah. Like I might have to add it to my list.
3: Well, my makeup artist is obsessed with all things Housewives, but particularly uh, Salt Lake for sure. They love. I mean, I would hope that they sabotage the event because they don't like Whitney, not because of, of, of it being an LGBTQ. Yes,
2: honey, old-fashioned cattiness right. I'm fine with, but not yes, queerphobia. Yes, I love
3: cattiness. Yes, yes. Women against women, absolutely. LGBTQ, I'm a I think not. <laughs> a
2: thousand percent.
3: All right, coming up in our final hour, uh, we're talking about uh, psychologists sharing five steps uh, of how to get over a breakup we know it can be such a devastating time it's like withdrawing from drugs but we give you some tips on how to make it a little bit easier coming up next
2: coming up in this hour on the morning beat if you're going through a breakup or know somebody who who has gone through a breakup they can be devastating to get over but one psychologist has five steps to get you through it, uh, because I have a couple friends who are going through this just now, and I can't even imagine doing this again at my age. Luckily, my partner met me, and I'm the only person he's ever dated his entire life, and now we're getting married. So things turned out pretty well for him, not so for everyone. If you're one of those everyone else's, uh, we've got you covered coming up this hour. Right now, though, it's time for News on the Beat. What do you got for us?
3: Let's go, baby. Well, to Sheila Nazad, being queer means being a world builder, but the longtime community organizer in Minneapolis uh, candidate would be the city's first out queer mayor with a focus on reimagining policing and public safety. She told LGBTQ Nation that launching Minneapolis into the future requires radical, compassionate imagination, which being queer has given her. But Nazad has done a lot more than imagine. For three years, she has worked as a policy organizer for Reclaim the Block, an organization that lobbies the city to reallocate the police budget toward more community-oriented programs. A self-described big-budget nerd, her motto is, from the streets to the spreadsheets. The Minneapolis is indeed the epicenter of the national conversation about the role police should play in society. It is the city where George Floyd was murdered by police officer Derek Chauvin in 2020, setting off a global wave of Black Lives Matter protests and bringing the conversation about defunding the police to the forefront. In the wake of the protests, the Minneapolis City Council announced plans to eliminate the city's police department, though the plans ended up reduced to more modest budget cuts. All right, another news President Joe Biden has announced his planned nominee for ambassador at large and coordinator of United States government activities to combat HIV AIDS globally. The ambassadorship is a Senate confirmed State Department position who leads and manages the president's emergency plan for AIDS relief. The title holder is generally referred to as the Global AIDS Coordinator. Now Biden will nominate Dr. John N. Nkengizong, the current director of the Africa Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, to the position. Uh, Nkengizong was born in Cameroon. Uh, and studied in the nation's capital before moving on to graduate from the Institute of Tropical Medicine and the University of Brussels, both in Belgium. He studied and defined several HIV subtypes in Africa for his doctoral thesis, something unprecedented at the time. He also studied at Harvard's John F. Kennedy School of Government for Management. Uh, He was made the inaugural director of the Africa Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, an agency chartered by the African Union in 2016. And when the pandemic began, he was appointed as a special envoy to the World Health Organization on COVID-19 Preparedness and Response.
2: He went to school All at right. the Institute of Tropical Medicine. I, I hear it's a big party school. on oh, par with, Yeah, on par with Arizona State and The Ohio State University's big, big party school. A lot of fraternity I, and sorority life going on there.
3: Kind of kind of tracks. I feel like it would be very similar to <laughs> what this weekend was at Dinah Shore. I yeah, feel
2: like it was right. I'm sure. It, it I'm <laughs>
3: All right, closing out news on the beat this morning. A new oral medicine that fights viral infection could give doctors a big leg up in fighting COVID-19. But experts agree the best way to curb deaths and end the pandemic is still vaccination. Uh, Drug makers Merck and Ridgeback Biotherapeutics say their pill can reduce risk of COVID-19 hospitalization and death by 50%. They will seek emergency authorization for the antiviral medication from the FDA. Uh, Meanwhile, vaccination rates are still holding at about 56% among eligible Americans. COVID-19 has taken the lives of more than 700,000 people in the U.S., and about 200,000 of those deaths have occurred since vaccinations became widely available. The CDC has also updated its guidance on holiday celebrations as we enter a potentially treacherous winter. It recommends getting vaccinated before gatherings, wearing masks, and celebrating virtually. Poise. all right let's get into a little weather it's going to be a high of 99 in cathedral city 99 in la quinta 79 in st louis 68 in buffalo 61 in seattle 84 in miami 97 in palm springs 90 in vegas and 84 in los angeles that give us a vibe of the day
2: you can't knock on opportunity's door and not be ready stay ready people
3: stay ready all right, well, coming up, a relationship psychologist reveals the five secrets to getting over an ex and why a heartbroken brain is just like withdrawing from drugs. We'll give you those tips coming
2: up next. Okay, don't do that, Michaela. Don't break up with your girlfriend. Never. Uh, continue enjoying her on the heels of your weekend and Palm Springs for the Dinah. Uh, also... Makes me a little uncomfortable that we're doing this story today as I just got back from planning a wedding to my fiance. <laughs> but here we are, ladies and gentlemen, because relationship psychologist uh, from Australia, her name is Gabby Gutier, uh, has revealed that five secrets, uh, there are five tips that every person should should utilize when getting over an ex going through a breakup. Also says that a, a heartbroken brain is really no different than what it experiences when you're withdrawing from drugs. Mm. It's really interesting. She says it's super, super important. Uh, and I think we can relate to a lot of these. I think I've actually probably done most of these to go through a sort of a detox. Uh, after you're done, you should spend more time with your friends, get outdoors, uh, physical activity, a couple other things that really stand out for me, uh, deleting your ex from all of your social media accounts. Yes. Now I don't know if you're like this, I feel like you might be a little bit more because you tend to scroll Instagram and social media more than I do, and I think that you're the like the normal person. Me, I don't really look. I almost never check out an exit social media. Maybe once a year, I'll have a moment. I'll glance, and I'll move on. I don't follow anybody. Um, I don't have photos anywhere. Are you the type that likes to keep up? Or now that you're six years in, you've kind of moved past that?
3: Yeah, I don't like to keep up at all. But I do think that in the beginning, yes, it's just like a very natural thing to want to see what maybe somebody you spent years with is doing. But I'll tell you what, a friend of mine, and she said it best, it kind of broke my heart when she said it, but it's true. She's going through a big breakup. And she's going through a breakup after being with somebody during the entire pandemic, which is interesting because you know you spend twenty four seven together. And I said, "How do you feel, really?" And uh, and she said, "You know, I I feel like I lost a, f- like a family member. Like she was more than just my partner. She was like my family. And so when you think about it like that, especially when you've been together for a long time." You really have become everything to each other. And so I could see why it feels like a drug r- withdrawal. I mean, the kind of yeah. dopamine that you P- create within each other, its it, it, you get addicted to each other sometimes. Well,
2: of, of course you do. And this, this pandemic breakup idea is real because not only are you in a relationship with somebody, then maybe ending it, that's already hard in and of itself. You've lived through something. Like, you're living through something terrifying. Yes. Do you know what I mean? It's yes. like going through, like, if, if you and I were to live through a horror film scenario, God forbid, although I want this to happen low-key, it's October, it could happen. Um, <laughs> if, if we did that, and then all of a sudden we have, like, a closer bond, it's like go, going through, like, a cancer with somebody. Like, you go through something really hard, and you're closer, so it's different. Also, more tips that she shares after relationships end, avoid alcohol. She alcohol tends to make things more mm-hmm. difficult for you. And, and as you referred to a moment ago, uh, dopamine and oxytocin. Those are hormones that are that are being produced in great amounts when you're happy, when you're in love, things are going well. But when they're cut off and that love ends, uh, the stress hormone cortisol comes in and takes over, and it's not a pretty thing. No. Um, so, so definitely avoid the alcohol. Spend time with your friends. Get outdoors. Listen, shut off the social media.
3: I can't say it enough. Even when I'm just depressed, if I feel any type of depression. I try to get myself to the beach or even just like lay out in my driveway. Just getting that interaction with the sun, I feel like always makes me feel mm. so much better. And sometimes that's all you need is just a little bit of sun and water to sort of refresh you up.
2: Oh, no, I tell you this. We, we were in, I told you, in Mexico this weekend planning our wedding. And we were with our wedding planners and our, our vendors interviewing people for like nine hours. And I said, I have to get in that ocean. I did not fly down here for 39 hours to not get in the ocean. So my partner and I ran upstairs, put on our swim trunks, and spent about 20 minutes in the ocean. And then we took a long walk on the beach for about half an hour, and it was all I needed. Yes. It was incredible. It was wonderful. Getting outdoors, getting into, into nature again. It's interesting. Do you do, Have you found in the past, especially maybe in your younger relationships, that you just start to lose yourself in a relationship and you stop doing the things that you love? Like for me, one of them is getting outdoors. I tell my partner this every every now and then. We feel a little bit off kilter, and things start to feel strange. I say, "Hey, for me, I need to be outside. Yeah, I need to go. I need to go for a hike. I need to go to the beach. I need just a day with you outdoors, even if it's not something that you love. It makes me feel loved. And if we can go do that every now and then, I'm back in. I'm all on board again. And I think that it's interesting how when you're with somebody for a long time, some of those things can kind of just go by the wayside. Yeah,
3: absolutely. I mean, listen, I will never forget. I dated this guy when I was about twenty. And I remember I was like making pasta in the kitchen and it wasn't the act of making pasta. It was like this whole thing in my head, but I wasn't singing as much and I was like cooking more and I was Mm. sort of like doing more of like this domestic thing. And I was like, girl, what is going on? And not that you shouldn't have that in your relationship, but for me, it sort of started to take over. And I was like, oh, I'm not trying to be wifey, no way. And I remember we broke up and I was pretty sad about that. But I've always tried to remember like what makes me happy, what keeps me authentic and if you don't have that in your relationship, you got to bring it back. I mean, I think that's part. I
2: listen, I love, I love that you mentioned singing. When my partner is getting kind of off, I say, "Hey, I haven't heard you sing in a while," and then he literally forces himself to sing, and he gets happy. Yes, again, every oh time. Oh my god, every time. Yeah,
3: of course, it's the best. Well, I hope those tips helped you. Really, though, it just also takes time. If you're going through a breakup, I'm so sorry. We're here for you as always. Now, coming up, it is Monday, and we've got some really great stories in. So, what did I miss? Including a really special thing Germany's doing for our LGBTQ community when it comes to parking their cars and staying safe. Coming up next. Tell me something good.
2: Ooh. It's a good thing to be alive, and here are some reasons why. These are some inspirational stories from around the world that remind you that no matter what is going on in the world, there's still so much good to be celebrated, uh, and this is a major celebration. So apparently some uh, Canadian, not apparently, Canadian miners were trapped after a heavy scoop bucket crashed into their lift system and blocked the shaft. Mining is such a dangerous thing. Profession. Remember years ago, uh, the miners that got stuck in the well. Uh, it was in South America, I believe, Justin. Where was where exactly was Peru. it? Peru Peru, I think it was, yeah. Or was and, it Chile? Uh, Chile, it was Chile, it's Chilean miners. And that story was just riveting. It became a film. Uh, they were successfully saved. Uh, these thirty-nine miners have also been successfully rescued, are in good health after being trapped in this mine. Now uh, it took place last Sunday. Workers in Todd and mine in Sudbury, Ontario uh, were trapped said, so after the incident, miners gathered at refugee at refuge stations, I'm so sorry, where they had access to food and water and remained in touch with their families and staff outside of the mine. Uh, it was not Lassie who saved them, uh, as Justin uh, so coyly just uh, presented, <laughs> but, uh, but it's so great that they were saved. You know, approximately 58 different responders came in and helped out and every one of them got out safe and sound. I'd be terrified. Yeah. I would be terrified. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the company they work for, they employ around 200 people and they produce copper, nickel, and precious metals uh, that don't exist if we don't have miners. It's a a real, real industry and it's really, really dangerous. And we're really glad that they're safe.
3: Absolutely. Okay. You're going to love this story, AJ. It's so sweet. So a Dutch supermarket chain will introduce 200 chat registers where customers can slow down. And have a chat during their checkout, which uh, is an initiative that aims to combat loneliness, especially among the country's elderly population. Now, according to the government organization Statistics Netherlands, 26% of those older than 15 feel at least some sort of loneliness, while the rate rises to 33% for those over 75. And it's so sweet As they're checking out, uh, especially for people who are not in a hurry and feel like having a chat, they have the ability to be able to do so. And, you know, I think that I hope I get this right because it is a sweet story. You know, when our elders have somebody to speak to, it helps combat Alzheimer's. It helps remember things. I remember they used to uh, we used to go see my papa after he had a stroke, truly talk with him in the hospital and visit with him uh, just to make sure his brain was still working. And I think this is so sweet. This should be done everywhere.
2: Listen, I, I, I am, and I always have been. My partner and I had this discussion yesterday where, while we were reading a book. He read a book on the way to Mexico, finished it at the beginning of our flight back, and I started and read 100 and some pages yesterday. And I haven't read a book in a while. And both of us agreed, we don't like e-readers. We like paper books. I like yeah, holding the book same, and turning honey. the pages. And there are some things like, yes, technology is great. There's a lot of benefits to technology. But just because we can do something doesn't mean we should do something. And those self-checkout lines are nice and convenient for some. But when I see some of my favorite, you know, cashiers at my local Ralph's, I like to go to them because I like to see how they're doing. I check in with them. I ask them what's going on in their lives. And I enjoy that. And you got to think for some people, not just seniors, but people who might be alone, live alone, might be a little bit introverted, uh, especially during this pandemic, they might not interact with anybody else on a given day. Absolutely. working Working from home or whatever. And so, going to the grocery store. I know we always, we often joke about this, but like senior citizens love going to check the mail. They love going to the doctor sometimes because it means they get to talk to somebody and we take that for granted and not everybody has that. So I think this is a really, really cool idea.
3: I do too. Well, you guys, that's the end of our show as always. Thank you to McDonald's for these sweet little reminders. Uh, Brought to you by Tell Me Something Good. Uh, Any moment that you can give sweet relief is a moment to look forward to. Now for a limited time at McDonald's, get a small McCafe pumpkin spice latte, hot or iced for $2 only. Prices may vary. We're having a great conversation tomorrow. um, In the opiate crisis, our community is turning to a potentially life-saving nasal spray. Uh, We want to know how it works, so we'll be joined with nurse practitioner James Simmons and What the Health. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you to our listeners. And now, uh, keep it going for Love It or Leave It next.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.